You are listening to the Anybody Can Code podcast. I am your host, Amalia Cardenas. My guest today is Erin Linton Chambers. Erin is currently finishing up an eight-month boot camp. He's a trained visual artist and has a master's degree in visual communications. Erin has always had a passion for education, studying, and research. Before, making the, before deciding to make the career transition into software development, he worked as a primary and secondary school teacher, and he had the opportunity to live in Spain for six years where he further sharpened his teaching abilities. In this episode, we discuss what it's like to be in the middle of a boot camp. If you're thinking about enrolling in a boot camp and have questions about which one to pick, Aaron discusses the main reasons why he decided to enroll in the boot camp he's currently enrolled in, and hopefully this will help you um, get some insight into how how you can choose a boot camp. And if you're not interested in boot camps, don't worry, we've also got you covered. Aaron is really good at networking, and he gives them he gives us some excellent pointers on what you can do to improve. Some of the tips, for example, is to be genuine. He also um, advises that you should help people and exchange information. And he highlights that the best thing that you can do in order to expand your network is to join communities. And he also advises that it's important to have a visual presence so that others know what you're doing and also where to find you. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It can be something small, for example, a basic page that you can even host on GitHub. And what I really like about Aaron is that he's not afraid to reach out to people. He routinely contacts people from all different domains in programming, and he asks them for advice. And this has helped him realize that learning to program is not just about coding. He shares with us that it's about mindfulness, project management, developing professional skills, soft skills, and communication skills. And let me tell you, Aaron's approach really works. For example, a few weeks ago, I was stuck on this task that I had to do for my job, and I reached out to this tutorial or to this developer who had put up a tutorial on YouTube. But the problem was that the tutorial was in Malaysian. So I reached out and um, I asked him, by any chance, do you have this tutorial in English? And he was so kind. He sent me the information um, and it was super helpful because I was able to get unstuck and I also helped people on my team with the information that he, he shared with us. And normally, let me tell you, I would be really hesitant to, to do this. But the deeper that I get into the development world, I just find that there's so many generous people who are willing to help and they're very, very happy to help. Aaron shares with us... Um, how he does this continuously and some tips for those of you who might be shy uh, like me, how you can get overcome the fear of reaching out to people. So I hope this episode gives you um, some inspiration to reach out to people and connect with them. Without further ado, I present to you the inquisitive Aaron Linton Chambers. Good, Aaron. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm glad that we were finally able to schedule and book some time. Quite a pleasure as well, mine. 
Well, I wanted to start off with a question. So you were born and raised in Birmingham. Yes, yes, exactly. In the UK. So for those of us who have never been to Birmingham, what's the best part of the city? Wow, that's a, a very um, a broad question. Uh, well, I love different parts of the city and now it's uh, been uh, redeveloped. Um, of course, with COVID, things are slowed down, but I would say the city center is quite interesting because you have the old and the new parts. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the areas which are like um, not so redeveloped. Um, perhaps like in Digbeth, there's some nice areas um, like independent bars. Um, I like the canals and the, the parks. Um, Birmingham's been a, well, traditionally it's a, um, a very industrial city. So we had lots of old um, factories that were abandoned for years. And now they've been converted into apartments and offices. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's a, like a thriving, vibrant city. Well, hopefully uh, one day it'll be nice to visit. But yeah, I think in general, the UK has amazing parks and also yeah. the canals. You know, they're beautiful. Yeah, well, we ha- we have the the uh, the largest canal system in the world, um, I believe, but it's not the most beautiful in terms of the like uh, Venice, where they have the aquatic uh, green. It's black water, but it's very nice to go down and you can see walk and see the canals and. <laughs> yeah, definitely for strolls, it's amazing, but I would be hesitant to swim definitely oh uh, no 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 you wouldn't want to swim in in that water Uh, only god knows what's inside of it you know Uh, (laughs) amazing well you're a trained visual artist and you have a degree in visual communications what drew you to that field well it's a calling um basically um, my whole family are filled with artists um my uh, grandmother's um, brothers and sisters and as I've spoken to them throughout the years they tell me more Uh, so I found out a couple years ago that my grand aunt was a graphic designer Um, um, I have an uncle grand uncle in Jamaica who's a carpenter I have many carpenters painters singers so it's something that's uh, pretty much natural and uh, I've always been good at art and it's the, one of the subjects at school that I always loved doing and it helps me concentrate throughout the year. So it was something that I just wanted to pursue. Wow. And so from a very, very early age, you, you, you knew how to draw yeah. and everything. Yeah. I, I, I love drawing. Um, when I was younger, I was the only child. Now I'm not, but um, I could literally spend hours by myself. My mom would give me some paper and, um, you know, attack it with scissors, draw different worlds. And, you know, that, that, that was it for me, you know, before we didn't have the internet. So pretty much I was, uh, I just needed pen, paper, foul tips. <laughs> And that that was it, really. I just loved um, 
being creative and being in my own world. Oh, that's amazing. I'm very jealous. I wish that uh, I could draw and have this what, any, side. Well, I, I'm here to tell you anyone can draw. I mean, if we're talking about art, mm-hmm. um, illustration is just a, an expression of ideas. Um, bad art is relative and you can get better with time. And in fact, one of my favorite artists, he's not a traditionally classically trained artist he's he made a transition from being a, like a studying mathematics and then he just started making art his name is Jason Shiga um, mm. he's a really really interesting uh, person because he applies his mathematical thinking towards art as well so his comic books are amazing and he's even made a um, well I think you'll uh, appreciate this he made a, a like a um, a calculator um, with paper, yeah, and then he applied it with a story. So you open the story, the book up, and if you go in one direction, it closes down some possibilities, and then another direction. So it's really, it, I I think you should start drawing. You know, don't um, believe that you have to be the technically gifted. You can learn anything is possible. You know? Well, that's amazing. That book sounds like an if statement, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it is. I think it is. Um, uh, when I I didn't know about his background before, but I just remember picking up one of his books. It I don't think it even has words in it. Um, it's called Book Hunter, mm. and I couldn't put the book down. And I didn't at the time. I was like, oh, should I buy this book? And I hunted uh, this book down for months because it it's like um, the way that it engages you is really interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to take a look. Sounds really interesting, yeah. especially, you know, with people who are able to combine that logical side with the creative side. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think even in art, um, there's like a cultural um, approach of separating things. So mm. like, you know, we separate illustration from like uh, fashion design or uh, architecture but to be honest everything should be mixed together that's how you get interest in ideas hmm. yeah that's true well I think this is a good segue into uh, talking about how you got into development so right now you're in the middle of a career transition and you worked mm-hmm. as a primary and secondary school teacher yeah what drew so, you into development well, um, many things. I'd say the primary um, source of inspiration is my cousin. Um, uh, my cousin, Leroy, he, he's uh, always had a background in software development. And um, I was always curious about what he did. And he would show me bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And when I was teaching in Spain, I was told... Aaron, you've got to teach uh, robotics and uh, coding. I said, robotics and coding, you know? The, so the first thing was like, I don't know anything about this topic. So I would spend um, hours with my cousin on the phone, just trying to understand uh, what I'm doing and how to approach this. And it was basically just trying to prepare for the kids because um, as a teacher, I take my job really seriously. So I, you know, I never really want to 
into a classroom not knowing um, even if I don't know a subject I would know it as much as I can so I can deliver a good experience and we we the kids were using no different types of um, platforms not the best but um, it was a good experience for me and I wanted to learn more just kind of being hard on myself I was like I wish I knew how to code so I could give them something other than this uh, curriculum that we're using now. And um, well, currently talking now, um, I was inspired because I wanted to uh, change my career path. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it wasn't because of COVID. Um, I know right now there's a huge buzz online of marketing if you go on YouTube everybody's talking about, you know, you need to get into coding because you can get a job. I got into this before COVID. So this was a genuine curiosity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you mentioned you uh, taught in Spain. How mm-hmm. did you end up teaching in Spain? Well, it was an interesting uh, time. Um, I'd finished my... Um, teaching program in England and at the time there was like a change uh, transition in the um, government which meant that um, I guess in Spain you call it um, colegios and bachillerato forgive my bad Spanish because I'm not practicing all the time but basically you have high school uh, in America and secondary school in England would be the equivalent Um, the government had kind of equipped them with more powers in terms of like they could do college courses and the the colleges, which would be bachillerato in um, Spain, they were also offering like some degree courses. So it was like uh, you had the option to say, say, you can stay on a little bit longer if you want to Mm -hmm. um, in both uh, institutions, which in a nutshell, man, we need less teachers. <laughs> so I already fixated my mind that I was going to be a college uh, teacher, which is further education for the listeners out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I never, <laughs> I was pretty uh, focused on that. And then when I heard, oh, we don't, we don't, we're not looking for teachers. And I was like, mm, what do I do now? In fact, I wasn't thinking about secondary school. Um, you know, that, that was the furthest thing from my mind. But then this opportunity to come to Spain happened through like a, a European funded program. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I just wanted some kind of work experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking to a, a, a local businessman. I entered his business and it, uh, it was a pharmacist. And I told him about, I said, I love, um, you know, living in Spain. I love the city. And he said, oh, you said you were an art teacher. And I said, yeah, no, you're an artist. And I said, yeah, yeah I'm an artist and I teach art. He said, oh, great. My friend's looking for an, an art teacher. And that's how I ended up. Basically, soft skills. <laughs> Accidental soft skills, uh, um, you know, connecting with people. Okay, so then you, you moved to Spain and mm-hmm. you started teaching. no. Um, I, I I was on a program and the program was about nine weeks. Just oh, 
if it wasn't nine weeks, it was about three months. And at mm-hmm. the end, I, I enjoyed myself so much um, that I realized I didn't want to come back to England. I didn't know how I was going to stay in Spain, but um, I just knew didn't, I just didn't want to go back. And that opportunity to teach at the school uh, came and, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful time. Wow. And so from there, uh, you ended up staying how long in Spain? Six years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I never, <laughs> I wasn't homesick. So, um, yeah, it was still something that happened. It wasn't like a planned thing, something organic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I believe in following your heart. So, um, yeah, that's what I did because it felt right. Wow. And so while you were teaching, then all of a sudden this opportunity to teach robotics came about. And well, that, that came around much longer. Um, I Well, I just uh, tried to reverse things. When I was on this program, um, it was really good for me because at the time I was a little bit lost and I didn't quite know what I wanted to do because as I told you I wanted to teach at college and I ended up working for this uh, nice uh, business a businessman who had mm-hmm. a, um, a clothing shop and he's now a really good friend of mine one day and uh he was one of the toughest <laughs> managers ever. Not meaning in a, like an abusive way, but really just uh, was showing me about how to organize, to be on spot, because I guess uh, maybe being in education so long, you, you can think in, in a different kind of way. And uh, working under pressure, get, uh, working with deadlines, doing different things. And in fact, uh, you've just reminded me, my, one of my first experiences with uh, like doing some kind of internet related software was through my, my friend. Um, he'd asked me to help him with his website mm-hmm. and do um, Magento. I, it's like content management software. <laughs> and it was really, really tough, uh, you know, trying to understand it, but I, I was interested and uh, I helped him out. Um, mm-hmm. But Basically, my friend had uh, that experience had uh, prepared me to work in, you know, Spanish schools because it's really tough, you know, if you're coming from a different place, um, especially like England, because culturally it's just different. Um, not meaning in a bad way, but just um, it's fast paced. You have to be flexible. You have to adapt. You have to use your own initiative. So, um, yeah. Uh, um, well, after that, um, after my first uh, experience of teaching art, I then went on to train and um, learn uh, to be an English teacher. And then further along down the line, uh, that's when I got into teaching at that school where we were teaching robotics. So it was a little bit long-winded, but uh, yeah, it's not a straight story. <laughs> no, I think a lot of people have, you know, these uh, career paths that take on different routes. And it's really mm-hmm. interesting to see all the different facets, you know, like you work with uh, this manager, mentor, slash yeah. friend, who was really tough, but he, it was a clothing 
Yeah, yeah. And my friend, the funny thing about it, I came with a cohort of students. So imagine uh, you've gone to Spain pretty young. All my friends uh, or the people in my group, they only had to work like three hours or something minimal. (laughs) My friend wanted me to work from maybe like uh, 10 till closing, which was like, I don't know if it's 10 till six or, but it's not something that it was bad. It, I had a really good ex- experience, but I worked hard. And so, for example, if I was ill and I, I couldn't make it, you'd say, okay, you know, no problem, but you have to make up the hours. <laughs> so it was really good. And in fact, um, I even remember selling clothes uh, to some somebody and I didn't even, uh, you know, I couldn't verbalize anything in, in Spanish. So that was a highlight of my, my time. You see, it it shows all those soft skills. Even though you didn't know the language, you could still communicate. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I think uh, in in Andalusia, um, people want um, somebody who can use their own own initiative, that mm-hmm. understands, that doesn't complain too much. So, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you know tough bosses or uh, tough mentors teach you the most. I remember I had a mentor that was really, really, really tough. And to this day, he's taught me the most I've ever learned from anyone. He was very uh, strict and he also, yeah, taught me all those things that you said, you know, to meet deadlines, do things way ahead of time and, well, I, I, I don't, I don't have no regrets with my friend uh, one day because it, he was tough, but not tough in meaning like he's horrible or disrespectful. He, he only worked to, uh, me hard because he wanted the best out of me. Yeah. And um, also uh, taught me like if you come up to some, if you're given a task and it's really difficult and like the natural um kind of reaction is to like oh this is too tough I want to give up and like really thinking and uh, you know using those critical uh, thinking skills um, to get things done. So how did you go from uh, you know working these jobs and then also then moving on to teaching to then uh, learning about robotics when did it click that you wanted to switch over to become a developer? Well, um, I'd say maybe when I returned uh, back to England, um, I was looking for work and it was a really tough time because, um, well, I guess in any country of your, you're moving back or to somewhere, there's certain requirements. And um, although I had the paperwork, um, you know, it's like I'd approach agencies and I'd say, you know, look, you know, you need your um, criminal record checkup. Um, and I could get all of these things. And then when you bring them the paperwork, they would say, oh, we need something else. And then when you bring them that thing, then, you know, so I, I came to the point, I was like, well, I can continue doing this, uh, playing this game, or I can take another route just mm-hmm. like I did in Spain. 
um, when I when I'd finished my job as an art teacher, there were no art teaching jobs because that's quite a very specific niche in terms mm-hmm. of teaching. So if I didn't do that, I would have had to do something else, and something else was teaching English, which is a bigger market. And in fact, you know, ironically, teaching English taught me to be a better teacher. Um, so. Um, yeah, I think the software development, it's always been a curiosity. I've always liked technology. Um, my family always used to like make comments like, you know, if you want to set the TV up or something, just give the remote to Aaron, you know, because mm-hmm. I always like playing with things. I like video games, but um, I also wanted a new journey. So that's why it's software development you know, that really appealed to me. And how did you go about uh, making the career transition? Because I know there's different roads that people take, right? Well, yeah, um, I guess I need to make it clear to the viewers. I've been to university um, three times, so I've, I've, <laughs> I've gone down that path. And I guess in the future, if I have to, again, um, and in different circumstances, yeah, perhaps I will do it. Um, but as of when I started my journey, I didn't want to go to university because that seemed it's quite an, a huge investment, a huge investment of time and money. So I was looking at other alternative ways. So um, my cousin told me about this course, mm-hmm. um, this boot camp rather, mm-hmm. and um, it sparked my interest. And I, I thought, why not? You know, um, it's something I want to do. I don't quite know anything about the languages. I've heard the names because I've always been um, around technology and software, but I never messed with it before. I, I always hear people say, hey, JavaScript, HTML. And I thought, what, what is HTML? What is JavaScript? So before the bootcamp, did you start? doing any tutorials on your own or yeah yeah I work because I'm a well I also need to let the viewers know that I love uh, research and I love education so I was um, you know contacting people I spoke to a local lecturer who he had some type of position where it's to do with I think it's artificial intelligence something to do with software and I told him, you know, I, I want to make this career transition. And he was giving me some ideas like, hey, have you thought about teaching, um, you know, software development? But, you know, that's not exactly what I wanted to do. You know, I didn't want to set up a business. But then he said, you know, look at these uh, Python um, tutorials, mm-hmm. which I did. Um, I did enjoy doing it. But I realized that I need some human interaction. Um, I want to learn with other people or a person. And I, I guess it just depends. Maybe tutorials are okay for certain things, but you do need somebody to deliver the, 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 the work because you're not just learning a technique. Um, there's a whole mindset behind uh, coding, mm-hmm. you know, um, how do you, it's not just um, putting together a website or a program 
um, is problem solving, um, understanding how technologies work together. You can't just watch videos. It's not gonna, it's not yeah. gonna work. It's one part of the puzzle. And at this point in time, did you have any other additional guidance or just your cousin in this lecture? Oh, my, no, no, it was just my cousin. It wasn't that the lecturer was pretty much, he did give me some of his time, but it was my, um, it was primarily my, my cousin um, giving me, you know, you know, cause he um, is pretty passionate about uh, technology. So um, yeah, he would, t he would, explain things like variables um how um how jet brains worked and different things so yeah it was it was tough because um you know i kind of got tutorial video burnouts yeah so it's like you're watching it and you're like oh i'm kind of bored now but i wasn't bored of the language i was bored of the the, the teaching style because it's very specific you know it's like a, a flavor of uh, a piece of food yeah yeah oh I'm so glad you mentioned that because um you do have a background in researching how people learn no mm -hmm. yeah definitely different people like different foods and different people learn in different ways mm -hmm. so for you I was talking to another person that I interviewed her name is Irina and she was talking about how mm -hmm. for her she needs a book she needs you know like she she needs the book and she wants it and she wants to hold it and there's something about reading that really works for her and there's other people that that's a horrible way to learn maybe they like mm -hmm. what what is your style of learning what have you found well there's different ways of um learning I, I think um people should be very careful when they put themselves into categories i mean there are categories that exist right now but who mm -hmm. knows there might be some extra ones or overlapping mm -hmm. i would say that i'm a kinetic uh, learner i like to physically do things hear see things talk to people about it practice it uh, strip it down repeat the same thing but I would never say, you know, don't read a book or something like that. I mean, just depends what appeals to you. I mean, I don't want to just sit down and read and read. But when I am looking at problems, I'm reading on like uh, uh, MDN, for example, when I'm trying to figure out how do I, um, you know, in enter uh, an array or something like that, I have to go to uh, read some documentation because a video um, is not, it's not going to get straight to the point. So, yeah. that, you know, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, that, that it would be a mixture, but leaning more to do the practical more than anything. So I think a lot of people have this question of, how did you find the boot camp that you enrolled in and how did you know that it was right for you? Um, so how did I feel about the boot camp? How am I getting, well, I'm still on it right now. Um, or how did you find it initially? Um, it, well, I've done something similar to a boot camp before with my English course and, uh, 
I had something to compare it to. So I'd done a degree for two years to teaching degree. And I did a course for four weeks. So, you know, um, when I was doing that, it, it was so intense. Like the first day, they'll say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to show you teaching and English grammar. And you go, oh, wow. You know, because like, it's you're talking about a whole language and you've never thought about it before. And then it's like, hey, tomorrow you're going to start teaching. Like, what do you mean we're going to start teaching? <laughs> so the, I think boot camp, the, the difference between this boot camp is like it goes in stages mm-hmm. um, in terms of like they, it's, the course doesn't start straight away. There's like an introduction um, part of the course. And then we learn the fundamentals. We touch a little bit about learning styles and uh, we did a little bit of JavaScript. I'm midway through now. I'd say, um, I guess if you're a complete beginner, um, it can be pretty tough um, because you're learning, experiencing things for the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we break down the term boot camp, I, I looked it up. Uh, it's, it's, we're talking about those American army places. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, uh, w- when you think about it, um, why did they create the boot camps? It's not to go to war straight away. It's to, you know, prepare people to go to another phase. And that's what it is. Um, I'm, I'm certain that it's not going to fill every gap in my knowledge, but it mm-hmm. will equip me with the right, a certain foundation of information and I guess that the rest, it's for you to use your own initiative to kind of, you know, if you feel like you're not getting something, you're, you're going to have to seek it out uh, in terms of knowledge, you know, because it's, it's very fast paced, you know, um, it's, it's different from a degree, you know, we go really in depth into a subject. But mm-hmm. on a boot camp, there's a certain schedule and you'll learn one topic um, do a practical, then move on to the next um, topic because the end goal is to create a, a project or, um, in a group mm-hmm. and to look for work. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think it's not an experience for everybody because um, it's fast-paced learning. Mm-hmm. It's intense, a mm-hmm. lot of reading, a lot of homework, a lot of deadlines, Um but um, the pressure, I guess it can either make or break you. And uh, it hasn't broken me. So um, I'm just moving forward. So how did you choose this particular one? What about well, the one that you chose um, stood uh, out for you? Well, um, <laughs> again, um, my, my cousin. Uh, well, in fact, both of us were looking for a boot camp. And uh, we looked at one um but uh what had turned me off the other one it was um i think they call it income um i don't know if it's income supported uh well basically there are some um boot camps that i think the audience should be warned of avoid these boot camps that are talking about you know uh, we'll train you up and then afterwards we're going to take a percentage of your salary afterwards. So, you know, you really want to stay away from those kinds of kind of predatory practices. Mm-hmm. Um, that 
that kind of um, put me off. And this was a, this is like a charity. It's an NGO. Mm -hmm. So um, that attracted me to it. And it sounded like they were really enthusiastic and that they had a community. So that's what drew me to this one. And it seemed a bit more logical uh, than, you know, for example, uh, finishing a boot camp in 12 weeks. That, that just sounds really, wow, this is intense. I can only imagine what that would be like. So I guess the, the sense of community, the fact that it's a, a charity and they, they have a lot of connections um, and the aim as well of this course is to get um, the the, work, uh, the learners into work so that was the motivation because you know I guess you can as you know because you, you I heard you mention the other day that you you studied to a doctorate yeah um, you can just learn and learn and learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I mean it's, it's great but um, there's a time where you you want to start working as well you know and earn some some capital it's not all about money but you, you do want to you want be able uh, to feed yourself right yeah you don't want to be uh well as we say in in uh, in our art course the starving artist <laughs> <laughs> uh how long is your book camp so it's been about a year more or less it's going to be but okay. officially it's from september to the july but it's been a lot of months so i've invested a lot of time on the course yeah i definitely think that that amount of time is a bit more reasonable than cramming everything in. First, yeah. Yeah, then in 12 weeks. Well, it depends on, on your background um, because um, you'll find uh, that yeah. there's a lot of people who've actually got experience, not in this position that I'm in. Mm -hmm. um, not that I'm completely clueless, but there are people that have been coding before, maybe five years, maybe on and off dabbling, or they do it as a part of their job. So for them, it's easy. But for me, um, it's it takes um, some effort. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely some people come in already with uh, programming experience and they yeah. just need to get up to speed on, you know, some of the latest things and that definitely works in that time yeah frame. I, I think as well um maybe for the audience um i never ever had the imposter syndrome i, I don't know um well I, I think some people do have it but um i think you have to be logical if somebody's been um, studying three five years before you then they should be better than you technically yeah, um, but that's not a, a bad thing because um, there are people who started completely fresh and they're even better than you know the the person who has experience who's been studying it the whole life. It just depends on uh, your perspective, um, where you want to take it. But I've seen some things. Um, uh, well, I, I I work with uh, many different mentors, and I've met somebody who hasn't got you know, years and years of experience, but their approach was uh, far superior. So I've met people who've been coding for 10 years, some people who've been coding for a couple years and they understand how to solve problems um, and just got the right frame of mind. So don't be uh, intimidated by experience. Of course, it is valuable, but 
that doesn't necessarily mean that they are, you know, competent programmers. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the most important skills is the approach to breaking down a problem. Oh, yes. Yes. That's um, probably one of the most challenging parts, no? Yeah. Um, also, reflecting on the, your working processes, um, I'm, I recently just finished uh, the JavaScript uh, module, which is a three-part module. And um, we did a dumb project and um, I had so many problems that were coming up and I was working uh, with a mentor and they told me, you know, look, you, you can't focus on a problem, you know, for hours or days. That's just not logical. And, and it was a really good turning point for me mm. because, um, you know, supposed to create this. Well, I did create it in the end, a TV uh, DOM project, and I couldn't get the, um, the the pages from the states to change properly. These errors kept on coming up, and um, it's to do with my inexperience and not understanding how certain features work. But if I had just continued and gone forward as I eventually did. The problem will get solved, you know. If you focus, um, well, I guess the way I would like to explain it is like maybe cooking a meal. Mm -hmm. You know, if you just focus on this one part or something, then the rest of the meal doesn't get cooked, and <laughs> you know, pretty much the the dinner is uh, spoiled. So you kind of have to have that approach. Maybe there might be one feature of the website that is broken. But then you have, you can revisit it after a time, and with fresh new eyes, it, it, you generally tend to solve the the issue. Well, that's really good advice, and also the analogy of you know, like if you're focusing on just chopping tomatoes, everything else is going to burn. So yeah, you have to holistically sometimes come back. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, learning um, to program is a humbling experience. It's completely different from art and um, teaching. Mm -hmm. I think when I was teaching, it brought me to new depths that I'd never been and in good ways. And mm -hmm. this is using parts of my brain that I'd never, well, I, I consider myself a logical, analytical person, but you really have to break uh, down and question your own learning process and think, you know, am I learning in the wrong way? You know, like um, my typical approach before I, you know, worked with my mentors is to just start the project and get it going. But now I'm, I'm starting as of, as of this week, I, I'm spending a couple of hours just looking at the project uh, writing down the step by step, you know, to say, okay, um, I'm I'm working with React right now, uh, just my first week, and uh, I I was re doing really good on Saturday and uh, in my class, but I've gotten two projects, and I was I was thinking, wow, Saturday I finished most of the the some of the homework, and. I can just get started, but then I said, this is the wrong approach. I should mm. look at the homework, look at the instructions, think about what they want me to do, look at the other homework that I just completed, um, the instructions, the techniques, the methods, and then try to formulate a plan. 
and then for example tomorrow i can put it together and it will be um, i'm not saying it's going to go 100% smooth but i'll have something some kind of guidance rather than some a freestyling session you know that's an excellent advice for everyone listening because there is a temptation to just get going and try to finish as fast as possible but mm-hmm. even when you're working you know you do have to understand the requirements i was talking to another person his name is christian but he has over 10 years of experience and he was talking about how even though he has 10 years he does have those moments where he skips requirements or he forgets about a certain thing and then you know mm-hmm. so it's pointing to what you're saying you have to slow down sometimes to speed up later yeah um you can't just uh, go at a t- a particular activity without thinking i think thinking is the most important thing especially when it comes to programming um because you just get frustrated very easily um and try to i think the biggest revelation this week is that i don't need to understand everything mm. um you know okay like i've never done react before i've never heard of certain terms but i can relate it to the things that i've done in in javascript and uh, not overwhelming uh, my mind is uh, really uh, buzz benefited me a lot Yeah this morning I uh saw like a little meme that said computer science is about half knowing a bunch of mm-hmm. things and then being able to google a lot of things Yeah Google is good but do you know how to google do yeah, you know how the... to look for the right thing write down the right phrase because if you go into google if you go into stack overflow and you look for the wrong thing and try to implement it into your work then you're going to go down a a very uh, difficult path um you know so be careful about what you're doing understand what the problem is and also um use the approach of maybe how stack overflow comes um i've i've had to rephrase uh, well when i've got a problem i can't just say hey the, um, this part of the page is not working i have to be so specific like um this function that um i don't know uh, the uh, lights the page up or changes the colors not working i've used this loop i've tried this a b c um do you have any suggestions here is a screenshot here is a link to my repo on github um you have to be really specific you can't there's no vague uh, um language because if you are you you're just going to get like a, a response like i don't understand what do you mean can you be more specific like um it well it i think maybe that's what coding does to you to be um, as precise as possible yeah that's really good advice especially how to phrase questions no mm-hmm. the more specific you are the better help you get also taking advice and listening to the the answers that you're being given really digest uh, what they're saying because um there's like some nuggets of gold there you know 
don't just uh, look for the solution. Like maybe the approach that the person that you're getting advice from is giving you, I mm-hmm. think that will help as well. Amazing. So what would you say has been the most challenging part about making this career transition? Um, just um, this is the first time I've ever d- done something where I've had to be completely dependent uh, on others, um, which is good and bad. Um, you know, uh, I guess uh, before I, I, I wouldn't describe myself as a type of person that just connects with everybody. Uh, in, in fact, um, before the pandemic or during the pandemic, I'd uh, went away from my Facebook and now I've had to join online communities because I'm I'm thirsty for knowledge and I, you know, uh, really want to learn. And I, I've been humbled by the kind people that I've met, you know, especially at Colbar and um, it, met some really nice kind people um so that's made things easier um other hard things is like trying to learn um in a short space of time um and sometimes you're not getting enough time to uh learn a particular topic but you just accept it and move on because Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you're doing a boot camp course you don't have like maybe a month to learn one thing. Um, well, depending on what it is, but generally, you know, there's a schedule. And once you've hit the week, you know, you move on to the next thing and that's it. And you, I think that that's it. Um, the most challenging thing in summary would be brief. Um, I guess I've had to redesign the way that I think. Um, mm-hmm. My learning approaches, challenging myself, thoughts, ideals, and to, to be a better um, a better learner. Yeah. yeah, and also you're in the middle of a boot camp, in the middle of a pandemic. So mm-hmm. all of your learning has had to switch to online, even though yeah. you're a kinesthetic learner. How yeah. has that how how has that been? Not so bad, um, to be honest. Um at the, the beginning, I, I, I already intensely um, was connecting with people for the Spanish. So um, there was this, uh, I think they're based in Barcelona, maybe. There's this kind of a project that's going on and I was motivated to join and um, I was the number one student for four weeks straight I, I remember there was this lady that was close every week <laughs> and I beat her because I was that you know dedicated to putting the hours in so I think that kind of helps but maybe for some people it can be difficult you know being online all the time um, also I guess maybe the only downside really is being indoors a lot mm-hmm. um, also like dividing the the space from where you sleep and where you're studying because you know there's there's very few separation maybe it's like you're just closing your laptop so you know okay it's time not time to break away and, and different stuff but I think um, learning online is challenging for um, many people because um, I think schools across the world 
they were not prepared um, for this. And uh, I think technologies or the internet's always just been seen as a, a tool, mm-hmm. um, not as a tool to enhance things, but something that you just pick up and put down, which is kind of, um, which, well, which has damaged uh, a lot of institutions and, you know, had uh, pre the pandemic had uh, schools embrace the concept of distant learning um i guess the, a lot of teachers wouldn't have been stressed out you know and poor teachers uh been under a lot of pressure um but uh, yeah learning online is a different thing because um, some people may feel alone um mm-hmm and feel pressured and, and stuff. But this is why it's really good to have like peer groups and connect with people, share the, the same experiences. Um, pair programming is your friend. Um, mm-hmm. I love pair programming, uh, working with people, um, seeing how they do things. But um, it's certainly not easy, but um, I'm not sure what it's going to be like once we start working, working in the, the office and, whether things are going to be remote as well. Or but, hybrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it will be a hybrid, but um, I think uh, remote working is here to stay, especially for technology, depending on the company that you're, you're going to work with. But um, yeah. Very good. So you're of Jamaican descent and you shared mm-hmm. this really lovely Jamaican saying, which says, no man is an island. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it it speaks to a lot of what you're talking about, like community and finding people and mentorship. And that's something that's very important to you. How did you find mentors for those listening who maybe are starting out their journeys and they don't know where to look? How could they go about finding mentors? Um, well, there's a variety of ways. Um, well, this is going to sound a little bit strange. You, you may even want a mentor that is not to do with coding at, at all. Wow. Um, okay. You, uh, I think you should also look in your own circle because mm-hmm. uh, somebody that you know, somebody that's going to be honest with you um, with regards to your goals about what you want to get done. Um Networking uh, is really, really, really important because maybe your immediate circle may not have uh, somebody in coding. Mm-hmm. Somebody around you is going to know somebody who works in IT, guaranteed. And maybe if you connect with them, they may introduce you to somebody or even if it's just one conversation. Um, generally, um, when I have uh, looked for mentors it's an organic thing I know it mm-hmm. sounds a bit uh, corny uh, but um, I don't think you can just pair people together they have to have the same energy mm-hmm. um, you know it's got to be a respectful thing and I, I do believe in that saying where they said you know when the, um, the student is ready the, the teacher will come Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if they see that you're dedicated and hungry and, you know, you're putting that time and hours in. But in short, you should uh, go to certain online communities that there's people who want to mentor for free. Um, as long as you put some kind of boundaries and, you know, say what your expectations are mm-hmm. and don't waste the, pe- the, the person's time. 
you know, if they're giving you a task to do, make sure that you do it. Um, pick their mind. What another thing is, they don't have to be an expert. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that. <laughs> well, as a teacher, I probably look at things uh, slightly differently. Um, because I, I obviously I know uh, I'm not saying I'm the best in, in the world or I'm the uh, you know deep expert, but I do know a, a good teacher, and you can see it. But with coding, um, programmers are not going to be experts in every language, mm-hmm. so try to be a bit flexible, um, not too flexible to the point that the person doesn't know anything. But, um, you, you know, maybe they don't know JavaScript, but they know um, some back-end languages, which mm-hmm. is good. And um, even working with somebody who's just, even if they've just graduated from a boot camp, that would be excellent as well because they can kind of um, guide your learning and they've already watched the path that, you've, um, that you're um, embarking. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, also, just uh, connecting with people, um, you know, sending sending a message, um, not um, and being uh, as genuine as uh, possible. Um, I've seen people <laughs> on certain circumstances, like maybe they want to impress uh, maybe a company or something, and it doesn't come across as genuine, like you know, this false kind of character. And that's mm-hmm. not something that you want to do. Just be yourself, be honest, uh, tell them what you want to do, and somebody's going to be out there to help you. And, you know, hopefully you'll be able to, or and me, be able to give back to somebody because um, maybe people don't know this about the computer science, mm-hmm. but um, in order to be really good in, in your field, you have to teach it's not possible not to teach you've got because it's so much information and the technology is changing all the time so by teach well through teaching it's like revising for the mentor yeah they can go oh okay yeah i remember this function this array this loop and and you go oh great i I don't need to i've spent two hours with this person and it's helping me uh, remember review um but those are my tips. Uh, I think um, for mentors, it's got to be an organic process. I've had great, well, I have great mentors. I've got a really, really, really good mentor that's very kind. And I've had terrible mentors. Now, the difference between the two is, um, you know, with this person that was horrible, their approach was um, not having been empathetic and, you know, not having empathy, um, like saying things like, oh, you should know what, how this function works. But I yeah. don't know because I'm just, <laughs> just started off or not really looking at the task that you're doing and just trying to slap dash, uh, stick it together, uh, kind of uh, put it together with sellotape kind of thing. So those kind of those are the traits somebody who doesn't really have the enthusiasm you want to find somebody that matches your personality I think well that's those are some great tips and I love the saying that you said when the student is ready the teacher will appear and you know it's not about you it's also you putting in the work to 
mm-hmm. when someone does see someone who is putting in the hours, is really hungry, is really wants to change a situation that they're in, people are really happy to help. You know, they they want to get behind that momentum, and so that's yeah. that's great. Yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, I help my friend and I help my friends with English and I don't charge them anything. And uh, it's good because it helps me keep my tools sharp in, in terms of teaching. And yeah, it's, it's a good process. Yeah, I, I think teaching is the best form of learning. I totally agree. Yeah, with definitely. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you're finding out that you uh, are good at networking for maybe, I think this is one of, in development, there's a lot of people who are introverted, a little bit shy, and this is one of the most difficult aspects of of the job process or the job yeah. career change. What advice for, would you have for people who... How could you get better at networking? Um, also, you'd have to overcome yourself uh, in terms of your thoughts. I mean, if you put it in any kind of context, whether it is making friends, dating. Um, uh, well, I use the example in Spain. Um, you know, when I was there for the first two years, I couldn't speak uh, Spanish. My, my <laughs> I couldn't even do Spanglish, so I never let that get ahead of, um, in, interrupt me from getting opportunities. So whether it was bad translations <laughs> using Google Translate or getting somebody to tr- translate or speak on my behalf, I always got things done and I always connected with people. Um, I guess with networking, you have to consider what is it exactly that you want Um, you know is it a job in a particular place Um, I think it's just been natural to to me and I'm not really afraid of rejection Mm -hmm. Um, when I was uh, doing some art projects um, I remember connecting uh, with somebody who's now my friend and I just said hey you know I love your music and uh, I would like to work with you and he said, yeah, sure, why not? And that's how it, uh, we have a connection. And just connecting with people, just sending a message. Um, not everybody's going to uh, want to connect, but um, if they do, build, build on that. And I think be genuine. I mean, if you're false, um, I, I can't um, hammer this, this, this point on. Uh, I've seen uh, many people, maybe it's like where they go, hey, take my card or something like you know, if you're not genuine and you don't um, present some kind of proposal, if you, you know, it's not going to be uh, something that's going to entertain, entertain them. But I, I am, um, I'm constantly on top of things. And for example, I told you earlier, I, I'm not really the type of person that likes social media, but a mentor of mine's told me that I have to. So you know, guess what? I'm back on social media. So, you know, um, listen um, to your uh, mentors, connect with people, go to places, uh, speak, um, with, exchange information, 
um, try to be a part of a community. That's the, a good way to expand your, your network, you know, and let people know what you're doing, uh, have some kind of visible thing, even if it's something small and it's <laughs> nothing on uh, GitHub and some basic page, just let people know that you exist out there. And I think people will gravitate to you once they see that you're, you're hungry. Um, but uh, maybe rejection is the, the biggest um, the biggest issue that people have. Um, you know, like I'd, you know, like whether it's a job or something. But if you don't have something in the beginning, don't worry. It, you know, like if you're dating and you say, you know, I, I quite like you, and somebody says, well, I'm not interested. Then it's like, okay, <laughs> next thing you you have to um, change your your perspective and not taking things personal because the person could literally be busy. You know, they you could talk to them and they'll be like. You know, I would love to speak to you, but I've got something going on, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's happened to me uh, about four weeks ago. I read a really interesting article and uh, the the doctor that I reached out to said, I'm very busy, but you can send me some uh, questions. And that, that was okay for me, you know. Um, just be uh, determined, um, persevere and be genuine, you know. <laughs> God, I love that about you, you know, that you just reach out to people because I'm so shy and it, I would be terrified of this, but I just love the way you do it so naturally, you know, like I'm going to reach out to that person because I really like their article and I have questions and yeah, and just those genuine connections. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and sometimes you're, you're, I think once you know that 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 um, I guess there's that saying about six degrees from separation. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like I know somebody who is friends with somebody's work that I've admired since I was a child. That's not not that I'm going to reach out to my friend and say, "Hey, can you contact me with this person?" But uh, a strong network is really good. Um, I think Spain has definitely taught me that, that um, it's uh, for jo jobs, for example, um, I rarely got a job. Well, in some cases um, for, for applying, but most of the time was through a network or somebody that knew somebody else um, and uh, told me about something that was going on. Um, and one of my jobs, uh, I, I have a friend, uh, his name's Nunu and uh, I remember seeing him at the job that I got, the school that I got interviewed. I didn't know him, but, you know, I used to say, oh, hi, you know, I'm here for the job interview. And then I saw him again in, in my area and just speaking to him and saying hello, it makes you know that, oh, this person's okay. They're, you know, semi, they look decent and just building up some kind of rapport. That's the way that you network because uh, Everybody's a stranger in the beginning. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Everybody's a stranger in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> but you've got to connect with people that um, I guess that you that you uh, draw towards because you can't. I don't believe in like uh, just connecting with people for the sake of it. Yeah. You know, there's got to be something, there's a, a reason. Like, I'm not going to send an email to somebody 
just because I, okay, I need a mentor, but what about this person? Like, is there something interesting? I mean, you could um, connect with somebody and find, well, I don't really like that person. I don't like the style that they teach. I don't like their approach. So you've got to bear those things uh, in mind. Mm -hmm. I wanted to end with this question. No, and then we'll do a little rapid fire Fun. Yes, yes, certainly, certainly. So, yeah, my my question to you is, knowing what you know now and all of the things that you've been through the past year, the pandemia, everything, mm-hmm. um, what, what would you do differently? And also, what advice would you have to someone just starting out? Um... I don't think I would do anything differently because it makes me who the person that I am now today. So even those horrible times um, where you're facing rejection and you're feeling down, I don't think I could do anything differently. I mean, I mean it would be nice, but if you went back in, in time and changed those events, I probably wouldn't be coding you know probably be doing something else who knows might be still teaching um the only thing probably would have done different is that um i would have uh done coding earlier you know so that's something that i would have uh, loved to have done um but i think given my circumstances and where i lived in birmingham those opportunities were not really apparent and I'm proud of uh, who I am today and uh, where I've gone because I could have gone in a completely different direction. So um, I don't think I would have changed anything. Um, uh, any kind of advice in it for somebody that's uh, starting off is to definitely find a mentor Um uh, study but uh, be kind to yourself um, and also have some kind of goals um, try to explore different you know different uh, fields of studies um, it's not just about uh, coding um, it's about mindfulness um, it's about project management it's about professional skills being you know soft skills uh, communication and in fact, uh, I've just finished an intense week. <laughs> I've been doing the same thing that you've been doing, coding. I mean, no, I mean, interviewing. And um, all the people who I've spoken to, uh, I spoke to um, somebody who does solution architecture, cybersecurity, coders. They all talk about um, the importance of soft skills, um, you know, being able to speak speak to other people and to talk between different departments and stuff so really bear that in mind you know those those days of being in a basement or in an office being by yourself um, involves coding and and and, uh, I mean involves uh, speaking to other people understanding people's needs so I think that's something really important so just to that it will get better in the end uh, once you start coding. There's going to be some tough times because there's times where 
you know, you, you start dreaming about coding. I know it's ha happened to me. <laughs> you know, you code so much that you think about the syntax where you're sleeping. But um, it will get easier. You will learn. Um, but um, also, you know, have some balance and seek a mentor. Those are the, the, the tips that I would definitely say, you know. Um, and also try not to measure yourself next to other people. So everybody's got a different journey and everybody brings uh, different things. Like, for example, there's somebody out there that's got, you know, five years experience of uh, coding, you know, the, they can master. But I've got those people skills. They don't have that. So, you know, that's something that I've got over them. And But it's not a competition. So, you know, just value yeah, it's what uh, have. a good way to look at it is that you can complement. And as you said, you're never gonna be coding alone. So if mm -hmm. you have different types of people coming into the mix and they all have different strengths, mm -hmm. it just makes the team stronger if you're able to collaborate and work together, you know? Like you could bring in those people skills plus the coding. Someone else can bring in, I don't know, knowledge about the environment and climate change and somebody else has. Yeah. You, you, I think uh, in the coding community, there's so many different people, different walks of life that you probably would have never met um, in the street, maybe, because I think people tend to stay by themselves. But I can only talk about my personal journey of um, coding because I've been so focused on uh, networking with some good people and finding mentors. Uh, I've met people from all around the world, you know, um, bring different perspectives and uh, different approaches to learning. That's really great advice. It had never occurred to me to, um, even though I am doing the podcast and mm -hmm. as a result of doing the podcast, I do get to hear different journeys and hear different tips. And from every single person, I learn something new. But, you know, what you're doing, maybe other people listening can get inspired and start doing the same thing. Network and start reaching out to people, interview them, see what their job is like, um, yeah. see what they yeah. like about it. And who knows, maybe it'll open up doors that you didn't even think you wanted to go through. Yeah, and, and sometimes... Um you know, the person who's not the best, uh, you know, technically gifted, um, if they're dedicated, they will outshine the, the person who is uh, gifted. Mm -hmm. You know, just in art, for example, uh, you don't need, you can be the best artist, but if you're not consistent, if you don't have certain skills, you can't um, deliver products, then guess what? Or oh, that talent means nothing because <laughs> nobody knows who you are so yeah yeah definitely staying consistent complete completely agree it's the key you might start off uh not being very good but if you stay consistent you would be amazed how much you improve and how far you can get yeah um it's uh the coding is a an experience that um it's not easy um, but I, I, I must stress as well, it can't just be for money because 
I know that there's these adverts that are saying, hey, you know, uh, you can just get a coding job, but I don't think people really understand. Like once you you start coding, this is long time, life, or lifelong learning, and there's no cutoff. Like you're learning forever. You're always going to be learning about some update or how languages interact with each other, how to learn, all kinds of different things. So, you know, it would be much easier to just go into an office and sit down and do something or, or, or something else. I mean, there are easier ways to make money. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. You better like yeah. it because it's in order to get to the point where you're actually good enough to make a it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah, 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 definitely. Very good. So we'll end with this uh, little rapid fire session. So okay, first great. question, what are you grateful for? Um, I'm grateful for my family, um, for my friends, uh, my mentor, uh, my mentors that have helped me out. Um, grateful for everything even the bad days. <laughs> That's great. So in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Um, uh, being um, light, more practical, hmm. um, uh, being kinder to myself, um, being more organized, being um, following things through. You know, um, completing things, you know, because, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Um, being the, the determined and uh, reflecting on, on what, I, what I do, like reviewing the, any task or any experience to see what I can learn from those things. That, yeah, that's definitely is... So what's your favorite dessert? <laughs> My favorite dessert? Wow. There is a, <laughs> there's a, there's a cafe. I don't know if it's still open in, uh, it's not Sevilla. It's, uh, it's in a Pueblo in Andalusia and they have the best <laughs> chocolate cake ever. I'm hoping by the time the pandemic's over that I can go back. <laughs> I because I, I can just picture it in my mind <laughs> yeah it's the best chocolate cake that I've ever eaten in my whole life so <laughs> that's my favorite yeah so there's chocolate cake from Andalusia <laughs> yeah yeah it's Amazing. something special you know but uh whether that shop's still open uh, who knows great so who is your biggest inspiration um, my family, uh, my inspiration. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, the sacrifices that they make um, or have made definitely inspires me. And uh, yeah, I guess, you know, some people, they look up, up to other people. I think there's points of reference, like maybe teachers and stuff but I don't really know. I only know of the person, maybe from what they've written, but um, I'd say my family's uh, big, biggest inspiration in my life. 
and um, also uh, friends as well. That's great. So final question, what is one question you wish people asked you more? Hmm. I'm not quite sure, you know. <laughs> Maybe it would have to be something around um, my interest in film because <laughs> I, I love uh, watching film uh, a lot, but very f suddenly find uh, someone that likes film as much as I do. So maybe... <laughs> more about film. Great. Yeah, more, more about film and art. And, and when it comes to those kinds of things, I'm a little bit of a nerd. Uh, I, like, I like film a lot and uh, independent cinema. Um, Wow, I guess it's because I of the course that I studied. Um, oh, that's that's a great uh, thing to know about you. <laughs> Thank so you. So if, if anyone is interested, uh, <laughs> we know who to go to <laughs> yeah, to ask uh, about film recommendations and art and fantastic. Yeah, um, so well, it's one of those things that um, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite uh, independent film or what's one oh, that you're really thrilled um, about at the moment? Old or new films? Uh, one that comes to mind that just you would want to recommend to everybody listening that they have to watch. Um, I quite like, um, there's a, a filmmaker called Ben Wheatley. Mm -hmm. And I like his film, uh, his film style. There's a film that he did called Sightseers. And um, I really, really like it because it's, it's based in the West Midlands. But the start, like uh, the comedy, the dry humor, um, the tone that the film kind of uh, conveys, it's really good. But it, it you know... It depends what type of film you like. If you like fast-paced films, this may not be for you. Uh, but I, yeah, I like it. it it's everything that um, main cinema is, and I, I like um, cinema without bounds. And uh, it's it feels authentic when you watch it, um, and you're you're captivated in the film. Um, yeah, is is one of my favorite directors. I would say that film and uh, Hobson's Choice. Um, that, that again, that's a, another film that I really, really love. Never get bored of watching. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll link both of them in the description in case okay. people want to check them out. Definitely. I, I would definitely love a good film recommendation. And when I find time with these <laughs> twins, at some point. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll in check them years, out. In a few years, they will be recommending you films to watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on the podcast. Well, the pleasure was all mine. Uh, thanks for inviting me. And um, I, I would love to come back again uh, once I finish my boot camp and start working. Uh, would be really, really good. That would be amazing. I think for the listeners, it would be great to hear about, you know, what it's like to start looking for that first job. And then also about your time in those first few months, how, how you're able to uh, transition into the role. I think 
It's yeah. gonna be terrific. I can't wait. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a, a roller coaster ride. Um but um just take each day as it comes and uh I know everything's going to be okay, you know. Um I, I just need the right mind uh, set and I'm working on my skills and have a portfolio and, and that's it. I'm, if anyone's listening, I'm <laughs> interested in offers. <laughs> Amazing. We'll link down also uh, your LinkedIn profile in ways that people can contact you. Yeah, definitely. I'll be uh, very grateful. Um Thank you for having me on, Amelia. Thank you so much, Erin. And yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge you because I know that switching careers is not easy and you're putting in a lot of hard work. I love this thing that you said about when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And I can definitely mm -hmm. see that you're going to make the transition because you're so hungry, you're so dedicated. Um, you're putting in a lot of effort. You're going above and beyond putting in all of those extra hours and it's going to pay off. And I can see that you're the type of person who, um, when you also find something and get somewhere, you like to teach others and help them as well. So I can yeah, see that you're going to open up so many doors. Well, f thank you for your kind words. Um, I really do um, love uh, teaching and um, I hope, um, hopefully it's not too um, far in the future. I would love to give back um, because there's been so many uh, mentors um, like um, Bushrina, for example, my cousin Leroy. Um, there's been so many people that have helped me and uh, you know, they've not asked for anything and they're very uh, giving and it it motivates you when you don't want to do anything, <laughs> when, you, when you've when burnt yourself out because, you know, you'll get development burnout easily, um, helps you kind of refocus and, mm -hmm. you know. Fantastic, Aaron. Well, I look forward to having you back on Thank in you very a much. few months. <laughs> 